Alright, welcome back to another episode of Parapatake and the wonders and attractions that shape our world as we know it today. Today we're going to be talking about, um, possibly, I know I said this last time, but, I know I've said this last time, but this is probably one of, it's not one of the scariest landmarks, but it is, while it is present in the current world, it, um, it, like I said, um, or didn't, it, uh, definitely carries a, uh, dark past behind it, it definitely, like, has this, you know, sickening twist to the end of it that, uh, kind of makes everything go round and round, so, let's go ahead, just go ahead and get started, um, today we're gonna be talking about, An <clears throat> sorry, Annalise Michelle's gravesite, and, um, the gravesite, um, if i am got my stuff correctly, um, it was a um, monument that was built after Annalise Michelle had unfortunately died due to malnutrition. Um, the reason for that is... Because there's a lot of speculation behind what really happened, but one of the bigger theories is um, demonic possession. Now, I know I talked about this last time, but I feel that it, it is a very big importance to kind of talk about this because it kind of it leaves an impression on most people, not in like a big way or anything, but it definitely leaves an impression on those who dare to read it. Now... The gravesite is currently located in Klingenberg in Germany, where she was born, raised, and unfortunately died. It's uh, located in Klingenberg in Germany, west uh, the cemetery in Klingenberg. Um, so before I actually start talking about the gravesite, I I think it's it's not a bad idea to go into the history of this uh, girl and um, what happened to her and how how the gravesite was built and why it's there so basically she was a normal uh, normal girl who grew up dev devout devoutly uh uh she grew up a catholic in uh, bavaria west germany in the 1960s where she would attend a mass uh, twice a week and um her life went on fairly normal until she hit the age of 16. Now, when she hit the age of 16, she suddenly blacked out in, at school and began walking around feeling dazed and confused. Though she did not remember that event, her friends and family said that she was in a trance-like state, you know, and trance-like state, you know, there's a lot of meanings to what that could mean, but personally, what I think it is, is like, you know, you're wandering around staring at nothing, talking to nobody, and sort of someone like sort of in sort of way like someone's pulling your strings but um it's just it, it, it's weird anyway um anyway uh yeah a year later a, a she experienced a similar occurrence when she woke up in a trance and she woke up in her bed but her her body seemed to deteriorate deteriorate more and more her body went through a series of convulsions causing her body to shake uncontrollably so she was basically on her bed riding around like someone in a bad dream or something like that 
but it's it was far from a bad dream anyway so after this had happened more than one time she visited a neurologist who diagnosed her of a temporal lobe epilepsy and this is a disease that did cause seizures loss of memory and experiencing visual and, audita and auditory hallucinations Temporal lobe epilepsy can also cause Geschwind syndrome, a disorder marked by, marked by hyperreligiosity. Hepar I don't know how to say that word anyway. Um, after her diagnosis, she began taking medicine for her epilepsy, and um, after she enrolled in the in the University of Würzburg, Würzburg in 1973, but. The drugs didn't seem to really have a big effect on that because the drugs failed to help her. As the year progressed, her condition began to deteriorate worse and worse and worse. But even though she was still taking her medication, she began to believe that she was possessed by a demon and needed to find a solution outside of medicine. She began to see the face of the devil wherever she went. So, like, constantly wherever she went, flashes of the face of the devil would constantly flash in her face. Um, she heard demons whispering in her ears, and when she heard demons telling her that she was basically going to die and basically rot, so, she, she, besides any time, she also heard this when she was praying, she concluded that the devil must be inside her, possessing her in a sort of way, so she, so, after all this had happened, she basically sought out the priest to help her with the, with the demonic possession, but all the clergy she approached rejected her request, saying that she could seek medical help, and they needed the permission of a, of a bishop anyway to even carry out the exorcism. At this very moment, this is when it happened. This is when started, things started getting worse. Her delusions had become so, so extreme. Believing that she was possessed, she ripped the clothes off, com compulsively performed it to 400 squats a day, crawled under a table, and barked like a dog for two days. And the gross thing about it, she ate spiders and bit the head off a dead bird. And so many more just disgusting things, but after all this had happened, her mother eventually found a priest, um, Ernest Alt who believed in her possession, and he also stated that she did not look like an epileptic in later court documents. And I say court documents because, well, we'll get into what happened with the court later. Anyway, what would have happened is that Annalise had wrote to, to the uh, priest that, I am nothing. Everything about me is vanity. What I should do, I have to improve. You pray for me. And also told him that I want to suffer for other people, but this is so cruel. He pensioned the local bishop, Bishop Joseph Strangle, who eventually approved the request and granted a local priest, uh, Sir Arnold Wren's, permission to perform an exorcism, but ordered that it be carried out in total secret. Now, you might be thinking, well, why an exorcism? Well, it's because they have been, they've existed in various cultures across religions for a millennia. But the, but the practice never became popular in the Catholic Church until the 1500s, with a priest would use the Latin phrase Vade Retro Satana to expel demons from their mortal hosts. And if you don't know what that means, in Latin it means Go Back Satan. The practice of the Catholic exorcism was actually codified in the ritual Romanium, 
a book of Christian practices assembled in the 16th century. By the 1960s, exorcisms were very rare among Catholics, but a rise in movies and books like The Exorcist in the early, early 1970s caused a renewed interest in the practice. So exorcism became very popular during that time. Now, over the next 10 months, following the bishop's approval of Annalise's exorcism, Alt and Renz conducted over 67 exorcisms, lasting up to four hours. On the young woman, though, these sessions, Annalise revealed that she believed that she was possessed by six demons. Her six, her six demons' name were Lucifer, Cain, Judas, Iscariot, Adolf Hitler, Nero, and Fleischmann. Now, that last one is very special, okay? The last possessed demon is a very special one because Fleischmann was actually a disgraced priest kicked out of the church for bad behavior. What that bad behavior is, I don't know. But those are one, two, three, four, five, six demons that is currently living inside this one, you know, one spirit or one girl. All of these spirits would continuously fight for the power of Annalise's body and, and would communicate from her mouth with a very low growling sound. Basically, she died with Hitler saying that, you know, people are stupid, they think it's all over death, it goes on, and Judas was saying that Hitler was nothing but a big mouth and had no real say. So basically, like, these things were continuously ripping her apart. So throughout the sessions, she would frequently talk about dying to atone for the wayward youth. And, you know, she broke her bones and ripped the tendons in her knees from continually kneeling in prayer. So every single day, she would continuously pray and pray and pray, but it just wouldn't work. She would continuously be ripped apart by these spirits. But, uh, but over these 10 months, she was frequently retained so the priest would conduct exorcism rites. And the sad thing is, she slowly, slowly stopped eating, and she eventually died of malnutrition and dehydration on July 1st, 1976. And the, the, the bad thing about it is that she was literally just 20, she was just 23 years old. So... This is just another case of just, well, is it demonic possession or was it just paranoia? Parano parano paranoia will actually will make you do really weird things, but it will it just will not make you do these insane things. Like and that's not even the worst of it, because in pre in other reports there were reports of Annalise literally biting at herself, banging her head into the wall, and even staring profusely at like at like a Jesus picture until her eyes turned jet black. Now, while that is pure case of demonic possession, her story became like a, a national sensation in the town of Germany, and after her parents and the two priests conducting an exorcism were charged with neg negligent homicide. So basically the case of the demons were basically off at this point. It was basically all on negligent homicide. 
However, they did they, they come before the court and even used a, a recording of the exorcism to try to justify their actions. Now, yes, there are audio clips of the exorcism performed, but if you do listen to it, I, fair you, I give you fair warning. It's probably the most disturbing piece of media I've ever heard, but if you want to go listen to it, go listen to it. Anyway, the two priests were eventually found guilty of manslaughter resulting from negligence and were sentenced to six months in jail. But however, that was later suspended and three years of probation. The parents were exempted from any punishment as they had suffered enough, a criteria for sentencing in German law. Now, while this is a huge, huge case, the bad, the, the good thing about it, I guess good thing about it is that this case did get exposure in some way. It got its own movie. Um, <clears throat> the Exorcism of Emily Rose. And while well, I haven't watched it, I mean, I mean, it is based on a true event, this right here. But um, anyway, yeah, after she died, her story became synonymous and people were basically fighting over the idea of what it was, what happened and, you know, just what they could do, if, if anything, to, you know, try and fight back. But it it all just collapsed. So, um. Her gravesite, which currently does remain in the uh, small town of Klingenberg in Germany, um, it um, it reads here ruin in Leber or Dung Dung Barket and Annelies Michelle in Gott Est ist Wallebracht now. Now, that while that is a German language, and I speak no German at all, you can understand that these people did go through a very hard time. This, this is both a very sad and emotional case, but um, the gravesite is located in Klingenberg in Germany. That is the history of what had happened, and that was the conclusion of the case right there. It ended after that, and is still being deducted on what really happened. So, yep, that's all. Thank you for tuning in, and I will see you on the next one.